0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. All right, welcome back into the Nick Bob podcast. I am taping this. It is Sunday, July 9th. It's about 2.30 in the afternoon. And, you know, the Big Ten media day is just around the corner. Nebraska is going to open up fall camp soon. Uh, in fact, as I'm I'm taping this, I just looked at this, the Minnesota Game Week, the season opener, opening week, it's just seven weeks away. I and mean, it's close. And, you know, I was doing some reflecting on Matt Rule's time as Nebraska's head coach so far, and it's kind of crazy to think that it's it's already been about seven months with him as the the head coach. In some ways it feels like he just got here, and in some ways it feels like he's been here for a while now. But for me, I was thinking about Rule and the job he's done so far. And you know, it's it's always hard because I mean Nebraska's won the, the offseason national championship for like twenty straight years, but it, it's always tough because Rule hasn't coached the game, so you gotta temper your Kool-Aid chugging. But that also doesn't mean you can't acknowledge things that have impressed you so far, right? So I started thinking about that. In fact, I, w- I was talking to a family member over the 4th of July, and uh, you know, he doesn't live in Nebraska, and he, he was curious about what I thought about Rule, and you know, he straight up kind of asked me, hey, what's impressed you so far? And we were talking about it, and it kind of got my wheels going. And, and I have really have arrived at about four things that have impressed me about Matt Rule's time here as Nebraska's head coach so far. So here's kind of what's what stood out to me so far. With Matt Rule's tenure as the head coach, understanding hasn't hasn't played a real game, has uh, understanding all of that. But since that you know he gets hired, introductory press conference to now on the the brink of heading to Big Ten Media Days here in mid July. First thing that has impressed me: in-state recruiting. This has been an issue for a long time, kinda ever since Bill Callahan was hired. It's been a thing. Bo Polini was apparently known for slow playing in state guys. Mike Riley had that fucking Calabrasca thing. I mean, remember that? Ugh. I mean that that Mike Riley and his staff, they might as well have put up a billboard on I-80 with like the entire staff smiling with a thumbs up that just said, hey, in-state recruits we don't care about you go oscars Remember, i mean it's just the calabrasca they oh i yeah. got i mean scott frost shockingly didn't do well in this area i mean i figured a native nebraskan would would fix this immediately do great in this department but the issues just kind of never got remedied so matt rule inherited a weird situation of in-state recruiting issues and listen when i when i say in-state recruiting I kind of am mainly talking about Omaha, the metro area, because to me, Lincoln and most of the of Western Nebraska, those cities, they have been red for for the most part. But so this is kind of main, it's mainly Omaha in this discussion. But that's not to say there haven't been some whiffs and mistakes from outside of Omaha as well. So it is all encompassing. But Matt Rule from day one has seemingly made Nebraska kids in-state recruiting maybe the most important thing. Or at least that's how it's been kind of packaged publicly. With all the coaches going around the state, all the high schools, Ed Foley literally being everywhere across the state. Matt Rule signing eight. Nebraska kids, in-state kids, in his very first recruiting class, eight. It's been a priority from the jump. And now, you see what Matt Rule has done in the state in just the last month or two. He lands the Bellevue West quarterback, Daniel Kalen, Then lands two Bellevue West wide receivers in, in Davon Hall and Isaiah McMorris. And most recently... The biggest in state recruit in this class, four star tight end Carter Nelson from Ainsworth, rule landed him. Not to mention the two other in state kids that are already in the 24, 24 classes commits. So there's a grand total of six Nebraska kids, six in state recruits so far in Rule's second class. Eight in the first, six so far in the second. And I bet that number is going to creep up eight, maybe more in this second class. So it's been a priority and things have seemingly kind of flipped over the night overnight with his arrival within state recruiting the daniel Kalin thing was a big one i think his commitment led to the dupe, the the two bellevue west teammate wide receivers to commit and carter nelson to jump on board and by the way, I've talked about this. The way Rule handled Kalen was perfect, right? He had to go in on, all in on Dylan Raiola. His his dad, you know, his legacy guy, family Raiola. You got your his his uncles on staff. He's the number one recruit in the country. You had to you had to flush that whole thing out. You had to see that one all the way to the finish line. But he, but to keep Daniel Kalen totally feeling good about Rule and Nebraska throughout that whole process, really paid off. So it, it's it's just been impressive. I, I for me, I have always been a little perplexed by the in-state recruiting struggles over the years. Like it's just been like, what's the, what's going on? I think it's very multi-layered and and there's a lot to it. I mean, first of all, Nebraska has lost; they've not won for a while. These kids growing up, they haven't seen Nebraska be great. They don't view Nebraska through the same lens that you or I do. You know, people that are in you know their upper thirties, forties, fifties how we view Nebraska it was kind of unheard of in the 90s and early 2000s if you had a nebraska offer you were going to nebraska but these kids it's it's different nebraska struggled i think omaha has a different feel to it than lincoln and other cities in western nebraska it's obviously the biggest uh city in the, in the in the state of nebraska and I've always kind of felt like it isn't necessarily an eat, sleep, breathe Nebraska football town. Having lived in Nebraska, or Evan lived in Lincoln, grown up in Lincoln, and now being back in Lincoln, and then being in Omaha for whatever fourteen years, like the different feels to to this to the two cities as it pertains to Nebraska. Like I always when I when I would walk my dog around my neighborhood when I was living in Omaha. I'd walk through, I'd see an Iowa flag, I'd see a Wisconsin flag, I'd see a Minnesota flag. I you know, like you would you would see I would see that. You I don't, I don't see as much of that in Lincoln. So it's more of a melting pot of of allegiances and alliances and fandom to other places. So it's just different. There's a lot, I guess I'm saying all that to say there's a lot to it, but obviously the biggest reason for the issues was the coaches over the last 20 years, and they haven't handled it well. And Matt Rule has come in and seemingly flipped it. And that has been impressive to watch. It really has. And I think it's smart too, by the way. I mean, we've talked about this. Like if you're if you're going to miss or you're going to take a kid, you know, to the the in state kid, I think he's less apt to want to transfer. Which matters, especially nowadays. And there's just a different level of pride when you're when you're representing in state. It's just as different. Even for me, like playing at Creighton, like it was just different for me. Like it just was different for me than it was, you know, guys at Booker Wood Fox or something like that. Right. So I think it's smart to kind of like I don't I think it's good that the that Matt Rule has took eight guys in that first recruiting class from from the state of Nebraska and and is probably going to match that amount in this second class. I think that's good. But the in-state recruiting thing has been impressive to watch it just be flipped. Seemingly overnight so far with Rule's arrival. Second thing that's impressed me. Getting Frank Solich back. I'm sorry. It's impressive. Like, I liked that. In the grand scheme... Does getting Frank Solich to come back and be honored at Memorial Stadium during the spring game impact winning for Rule? Probably not, but I, I've, I think the one thing I've learned over the years is like you can you yes you can be like man all that matters is wins and losses baby, but at the same time the other thing I've learned is like it all matters, it everything matters, and getting Solich back mattered to a lot of people. It still needed to happen at some point. And whether you believe in curses or not, or whether you believe in the Frank Solich curse or not, getting Frank Solich back and having him honored after 20 years, it's a big deal. Getting Frank Solich back and having him honored after 20 years helped a lot of people mentally. This program has been in a downward spiral ever since Solich was fired in 2003. Just never sat right with a lot of people. So to get him back was therapeutic for a lot of people involved. And the reality is it happened under Matt Rule's watch. There's no doubt that I think Trev Alberts played a big role, but you listen to people in and around that entire situation, and I think it's clear that Matt Rule played a huge role in it in getting Frank to come back, getting him feeling comfortable to come back. And coming from someone who loves Frank Solich, you know, it's been discussed, uh, but Frank Solich, uh, he lived across the street from me growing up. He was my next-door neighbor. I knew Frank Solich's family. I'm pretty sure, I'd have to ask my mom this again, I'm pretty sure we had a spare key to his house back in the day in case they ever got locked out or whatever. So, I mean, I I hated it when he got fired. And I thought he got treated terribly. So for me, I... It mattered that he got brought back and at least try to make amends and honor him the the way he deserves to be honored. And that happened with Matt Rule in his very first spring game. Ran, Ran a fullback dive, gave him the ball, named the locker room after him, got honored at halftime, got a standing ovation. Good, 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 good. Rule helped make all that happen. Now, to be fair, I think the timing was right on a variety of fronts. You know, Frank finally retired. um, Trev Alberts was the AD, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But bottom line, Bo didn't get Frank back. Riley didn't get Frank back. And most shockingly, Frost didn't get Frank to come back. But Matt Rule did. So kudos to him. Third thing that's impressed me. I have been impressed with Matt Rule's visibility and willingness to get out in front of of people in the Lincoln community and across the state of Nebraska. Matt Rule is at basketball games. He's at other Nebraska sporting events. He's at rodeos. He's at concerts. He's at restaurants. He's seemingly out and about amongst Nebraskans, amongst the people, amongst the fans, everywhere, all the time. And the reality is, in a place like Lincoln and in a state like Nebraska, when you're the head football coach, That matters. You can't just hide. Scott Frost kind of just hid. Bill Callahan was never fully comfortable here. Bo Pelini was never fully comfortable with the fishbowl here. And Matt Rule, you know, he's an outsider. He's not a native Nebraskan or a former player or former coach or whatever. He's needed to endear himself to the state and to the people and to the fans, and the old-fashioned way of doing that is just getting out, shaking hands, and being visible. I've been impressed with this. And while, yes, the main thing that will seal his fate at Nebraska is whether or not he wins football games or not, but I don't know, man. I also don't want to live in a world where nothing else matters, you know. Like how you act and treat people, and the way you handle the title of being the head coach for the team that is the identity of the state, that person ideally needs to be visible and comfortable with that role. And Matt Rule is. I mean, he, they put him on the Jumbotron, the big screen at Nebraska basketball games. He's getting the crowd pumped. Like he's out there with the people. That's Nebraskans. That's impressed me. It's also been refreshing but it's been impressive. The third thing that's impressed, or the fourth thing that's impressed me, excuse me, is his ability as a speaker and within his public speaking, the vision that he's casting and then executing. I know that's like a long way of explaining it, But his ability as a public speaker to cast a vision, lay out a plan, and then begin the process of executing it, impressive. And you can poo-poo this, but it matters. At the end of the day, we can only speak for this moment right now. And when you're a new coach and you haven't played a game yet, you are selling an idea you are selling a vision, you are selling a plan to not only the fans, but also to recruits and their families. A part of being a leader in really any walk of life, business, politician, coaching, whatever, a part of being a leader is being able to cast a vision, have a plan, speak to that plan on a variety of levels, and then begin the process of executing that plan. And I've liked what Rule has talked about in terms of all of how he's handled all that and then the ingredients of his plan. Want to be physical, want to build it through the lines. He's referenced weather and geographical location impact on how you construct your plan of winning. Because he's talked about that. He's like, listen, man, how to win at Baylor, how to win at Temple, isn't necessarily the best way and the right way to win at Nebraska. Every place is different. I like that awareness. I like how he's playing it out and laying it out. Then in recruiting, he's talked about development, trusting their evaluations. And then there's the other things of like, hey, here's how I view culture and team building. Hey, here's how I want to handle team leadership. And if you really stop for a moment and think about it, Matt Rule has done a really good job with all this stuff in terms of describing it and then at least initially implementing it as well. You know, hey, how do you, how do you build culture? Well, you got to get to know people, right? Like that's his whole thing. Got to get to know people. You know, so, so we're what I like is ping pong. Ping pong, you got to put the phone down, you got to talk. Well, we see a lot of videos of like ping pong and competing and doing things like that. Well, you know, we got to get, you know, we're all going to be in the dorms for for fall camp. No more living at the apartments. Even the coach is going to be there. Like, okay, I like that's a part of a vision and a plan, and then an execution of that plan. So I I also happen to agree with a lot of what he's laid out in terms of his his like tangible football plan. I've always said I think you gotta be a little different at Nebraska. I do think where you're located geographically matters in terms of how you build your team. Being in the Midwest, being in Nebraska, small population state. I never felt like a West Coast offense or a true Ohio State type spread offense was a great idea. Just because of your ability to land or develop those types of players is just way harder at Nebraska than it is at Georgia or USC or Florida. Getting the quarterbacks, getting the wide receivers, getting the necessary speed is going to be a lot more challenging in Lincoln, Nebraska than it is in Atlanta, Georgia or Miami, Florida. So I liked what he's talked about in referencing, hey, how do we win here at Nebraska? It's going to be a little windy. could be a little cold. So I've been impressed with the ability to cast his vision and the ingredients of that vision as well. And then, I mean, we can. it's like it does help that he's an incredible public speaker. He's just an incredible public speaker. So there you go. Those are kind of four things that have impressed me about rules so far. Now, I will say this to to not have this just be a complete Kool-Aid chugging session here. Like, I wish I could have. Like, as I made this list and was laying it out, I kind of felt like, mmm. Like, even though it was like me accessing the 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 part of my brain of like, man, what's the great part? What are you seeing with Rule? What are you liking about Rule? And when I, when I finished laying it out, I was like, man, there are two, there are a couple things that I wish I would were on this list that are not on this list. I wish I could have added coaching hires, filling out his staff. I wish I could say, like, man, the way he's filled out his staff, man, that is impressive. Eh, I don't feel that way. And I also wish I could have added transfer portal recruiting for this team but I'm not sure I'm fully there yet because with the portal recruiting for, for like next year's impact guys, and maybe this is just me and, and, you know, rule paying for the sins of, of the past, but I kind of want to be in wait and see mode. I'm, I'm not wowed on the surface. I'll be honest at the, at some of the portal guys, Jeff Sims, I do think the ingredients and tools are there. Um, I kind of am in wait-and-see mode just because the guy had had some, you know, he was not the most accurate guy in the world at Georgia Tech. I do think you can do worse than Jeff Sims. Don't get me wrong. But it's not like he's a sure-thing superstar either, you know? I do like Billy Kemp. Not will he be Samari Touré or Trey Palmer? I doubt it, but we'll see. MJ Sherman looks like a player, but I thought that about O'Shawn Mathis. We'll see if Eric Gilbert gets a waiver. Ben Scott will help on that offensive line. So the portal guys who will impact the right now or the moment, I think are just okay. Not saying they won't have an impact. But I th- they're just, just solid. They're just okay to me. And with the coaching staff, now we don't need to totally rehash all this, but I just, I was a little underwhelmed with the staff as a whole, that that Matt Rule has filled out, not sh- not I'm not saying it's a for sure disaster, and I'm certainly not going to die on the hill of this staff sucks or anything like that. But Rule was given a seven million dollar pool to hire a coaching staff, and I just don't think this feels like a seven million dollar coaching staff. I think Marcus Satterfield is okay on the surface. I like what he's saying he wants to do. He finished last year strong at South Carolina, but his resume isn't amazing. Tony White, defensive coordinator, very intrigued. He might prove to be a great find by rule for a guy who's just about to explode as the next big thing as a, in the defensive coordinator world. But I'm, I'm not totally sure. The three three five thing is a little foreign to me. I do think the ACC and the Big Ten, there's a big difference in coaching and football in that conference. And then all the other position coaches, you know, pretty inexperienced. Garrett McGuire, twenty-four years old. I mean, say it out loud. Nebraska's got a twenty-four-year-old wide receiver coach. Obviously, doesn't have a ton of experience. Um, he's the son of Texas Tech head coach Joy McGuire. I mean, I get all that. He's he's son of he's a coach's son. Uh, I will say he's done a pretty good job so far with the Bellevue West wide receivers that Nebraska's landed. You listen to people in the know. Sounds like McGuire played a big role in that. I got to think that Kalen played a pretty big role in that as well. I mean, McGuire, he carries himself well. Like, he's one of those guys that he doesn't, he certainly doesn't look like, sound like, or talk like a 24-year-old, but he's young. By the way, I still... I, I don't know this for sure, but this is just like my read from afar. I still believe that Matt Rule was going to hire Mickey Joseph as the wide receivers coach. And then the domestic violence incident, alleged domestic violence incident happened. And, you know, Matt Rule in the university, I think, had to cut ties. So then all of a sudden, Rule had to move on to another option and he hired McGuire. That's my guess on how that all went down, by the way. But, but so that's the wide receivers coach. Bob Wagger, tight end, assistant special teams coach. I mean, he's a Texas high school coach. He's never spent a single day coaching in college. Very accomplished Texas high school coach. Won over 200 games, but nevertheless, zero college experience. I mean, I, I think he, he could help in that Texas recruiting department. You know, he's going to be tied to all the Texas coaches, which helps. Um. But, you know, for me, I just I don't know, I was kinda like, why not keep Sean Becton? He'd done a pretty good job recruiting. Thought there were pretty some bright spots in in the tight end area under under Frost, under Beckton, you know, Austin Allen, Vokalek, Brewington, Landed Fedoni, the number one tight end in the country. I just felt like, why not keep him? Instead you hire a high school coach. Now maybe he's a rock star, who knows? But on paper, that one was head scratching. Rob Dvorak, linebacker's coach, 28 years old, did play for Rule at Temple, um, but zero Power 5 experience, uh, has a two-year stint as the defensive in- and outside linebacker coach at Lehigh. So, you know, he's only got two years as a position coach. Um, So, uh, you know, his resume is a little tight, or a little light, I should say, excuse me. Um, E.J. Barthol running back 38 years old zero power five experience Terrence Knighton defensive line coach 36 years old zero power five experience Evan Cooper secondary coach he's under 40 he's got two years of power five experience both at Baylor it does sound like he's kind of that film junkie good at finding diamonds in the rough guy but you know not a not a ton there and then there's Donovan Riola where you guys know his story one year of power five experience last year at Nebraska Certainly was not a very good year for the offensive line. Um, his resume's light. So the staff is is a little bit head-scratching to me. So I, I think they're probably all going to be loyal as hell to Rule, and I think Rule will be uniquely qualified and do a great job in coaching the coaches. But I think the, the inexperience on Scott Frost's staff really hurt him, and I think the Big Ten is the best coaching conference in college football. So I'm nervous about this. In, in one of my last pods I recorded with my buddy Willie that you guys should all go check out, I posed the question of, finish this sentence, if rule fails, it will be because of blank. And one of my answers, one of my very first answers, was the inexperience on the staff. So we'll see. So as I made the list of kind of, hey, what's impressed me about rule, and I finished it, I was like, man, I really wish I could have put Done a great job in the portal in the first cycle. And, man, I love the staff he hired. But I just couldn't quite do it. But overall, I've still been really impressed with Matt Rule. I feel really good about him leading the program. And, again, I get that Rule hasn't coached a game yet. But now that he's here, it's kind of hard to believe that anyone ever thought he wasn't a great fit. Or a great hire that includes me because I was a little lukewarm on an initially, but now that he's here, now that he's out there doing it, it's kind of hard to believe that that's what people thought. Like I don't know, I don't know about the fit, I don't know about this hire. It's like now that he's here, I'm like, man, he seems like a perfect fit and a great hire. Same thing, same school of thought with Trev as the the athletic director. Now that he's has that title, he's in that chair. It, isn't it kind of hard to imagine anyone else in that chair? But Matt Rule feels like Nebraska, and I—I I wasn't sure I believed that when he first was on the radar as a candidate. So I am—I am excited with what the future holds with Matt Rule in charge. I really am, and I think that combination of Matt Rule and Trev Alberts mm, just feels like a the strongest duo of head coach and eighty at Nebraska for football in a long, long time. Heard at Sports Network Production.